Hello, welcome to 2024. Hey, Mike, it's 2024. If you haven't noticed that, I need I, to wake up. I'm, I'm still writing 2023 on my checks, but you're here, reached here at the Deacon's Roundtable here at WSFI 88.5 on your FM dial and 750 on AM dial and WSFIRadio.org and all the wonderful places that you can uh, listen to Catholic Radio here as the uh, nation's largest e- EWTN affiliate here in Chicago, thanks to the wonderful ministry of Angela Tomlinson. And uh, we're going to start with the prayers we always do, and uh, that's one time we can get Mike to speak, so go ahead, Mike. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We take this prayer from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O people, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore you shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole being, and with all your strength. Take to heart these words which I command you today, says the Lord. Keep repeating them to your children. Bind them on your arm as a sign and let them be a spendant on your forehead. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, it's been a, it's been a kind of an uh, interesting liturgical year already. We had a very short Lent and followed with the normal yeah, Christmas. Christmas, sh- Christmas doesn't get shorted, but uh, mm-hmm. we're two and a half weeks away from Lent. And, uh, I, you know, I didn't go to the calendar, Mike, but this is a leap year. So does that mean that we have an extra day of Lent? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> some, some people are celebrating their birthday, too, 29th. Yeah, well, they're, they're one, one quarter of the age we are, I guess. <laughs> so they can have the birthday every four years. Yeah. But that would be so. Also joining us besides uh, Deacon Mike from St. Mary the Annunciation in uh, Mundelein and that other Freeport, whatever town it is that nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> County, you know, because everyone knows where St. Raphael, the old Mill Creek, Illinois, because it has the same zip code as Lakeville. And uh, we also joining us is Deacon Dave Egan, as he always does, from sometime in the not so warm and beautiful Tennessee these days. They've had some weather issues down there as well. So, uh, uh, interesting times for all of us. How are you, Deacon Dave? I'm doing well, and yourself. You know, I'm I'm living the dream. You know, I'm 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 breathing. I'm employed, and and Angela let me in the door today. So it's it's been a, it's been a good day so far. But and the uh, only other comment is, I think Mike would wish he was in Freeport at this point <laughs> in time. But uh, so we're going to talk about Lent today because it's only two and a half weeks away. I mean, we I just I don't want to tell people I still have my Christmas tree up, but we still have our Christmas tree up, and we have Lent in two and a half weeks. So I don't know. Uh, I know this year do we do we burn the Christmas trees to create the ashes or is it the palms? What do we what do we do this year for that regards? But uh, have you guys been uh, thinking about it? What your parishes are going to do and what you're going to do for Lent, Mike? Uh, the liturgical committee has started to meet, and I haven't really heard exactly what things they will do. Uh, we also have a new pastor, Father Joji. Okay, so things are happening as we speak now. Is with our parish only for maybe about a couple of weeks. Okay. Who sings the exalted at your parish? Uh, usually uh, the deacon, if not the cantor. So we don't know who will do it this year. But you want to join us? I could. No, make uh, we, we have enough problems with people staying at church. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, the, but get to Dave and see if he does the exalted or not. I don't do it because I one I can't read music. But um, they taught us so many wonderful things in, in deacon formation. They didn't teach us how to how to do the exalted. And we have a wonderful cantor who does a beautiful job. So 
you know, if I get up there and do the, I mean, it is the it is the role of the deacon, and 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 for for deacons to do it, that's fine. But for me, you know, why would I get up there when we already have someone who does it so well? And but, would I be getting up there for me, or would I be getting up there for Jesus? I'm not sure. But the uh, the reason I did it, and it took a lot of nerves, took a lot of preparation, was I started to think of it not as singing, but as praying with the people for the people. So it, it, that made it a lot easier. So it's not competing with a very good cantor, for example. It's just like it's a moment of, you know, eight minutes of prayer. But it's like anything else. If you don't do it well, for me, speaking of me personally, I'm sorry, I don't think I would do it well, so I don't want to. I mean, it would be cool to get up there and say it by all means, but it's like, you know, I think, you know, the, the people of God deserve our, our best, right? And if that's I'm, not I'm my afraid best, I agree with you, Greg. I so. agree with you. So what about you, Motley Crew Dave Egan? Do you uh, you belt it out yourself, or what? What, what do you do? No, um, I could say Dante was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> do they do it? Does Zaltet played with a uh, uh, what do they call it, a slide guitar or a fiddle or what do they do down in Tennessee <laughs> with the with the Zaltet? Yeah, the the choir usually does it. Like a can one of the good cantors on the choir, they usually do it. Um, there is a couple of deacons that actually in our church who can actually sing. I am not one of them. <laughs> so uh, actually, we have a new associate pastor that came uh, last July, and um, he made a comment that uh, when he was in, uh, there was a, either the seminary or just gotten out. He was at um, some mass, and this uh, sister came up to him and said to him that, you know. Um, having a beautiful singing voice is a gift from God. You did not receive that gift. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't it what Augustine That's said? A charitable uh, statement. Do you give a bad voice, sing loudly and get even with God or something like that. <laughs> but uh, for those who are, for those of you who are listening, who uh, are, don't remember, because Easter Vigil is only once a year, that the Exalted is the, the song to the candle at the beginning of the Easter Vigil. And uh, it's a beautiful song and done. And the general... Instructions of the Roman Missal say it is the job of the deacon, which is why we're talking about it. But uh, just because, you know, <laughs> if you talk about different parts of the Mass, there's a lot of things that could be the right job of the deacon according to the germ that either the priest or the cantors or the pe- people, you know, move in on that. But, um, you know, we're celebrating the Eucharist. It's, n- it's not a time for turf, but it's a time of celebration and, and going through there. But but before we get to that uh, that time, which is... 40 days and two weeks from now, 40 days and two and a half weeks from now. The, uh, you know, it's actually it's kind of good because uh, Ash Wednesday starts on Valentine's Day this year, which is always good for me because, you know, as a chemist, I, nev- I never had any women talking to me on Valentine's Day. So uh, this year I could say, you know, well, <laughs> sorry, it's Lent. I can't, I can't you know, I have an excuse not to meet girls. But um, fortunately, I've been married for a while. And it's not no longer an issue. But... Uh, yeah, it it uh, Mike, you have to you have to buy your ch- you probably have to buy your chocolates before uh, before the fourteenth, and uh, I don't know I, I believe chocolate is is not acceptable on a day of fast. You could correct me, Mike, if you want to look it up on the internet. No, you're correct. So you need to eat all the chocolates on the fourteenth. Yeah, no, on the thirteenth. Oh. On the thirteenth. Yes, Fat Tuesday is the thirteenth. Yeah. So let me put a caveat asterisk on that. It depends on your age. As oh, to what boy. level of fasting there is. Oh, I like <laughs> you, you that. Want, you want to say 65 is the new 30, then you got to fast like a 30-year-old. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, 
we should talk about that actually when we're talking about Lent and things. You know, we don't want to be Pharisaic when we're talking about Lent, you know, the rules and things like that. But it seems that we we do get that way. But I think we'll talk about that later in, in the show. I think I think Dave was wanted to start talking a little bit about um, Lent itself. So, yeah, I mean, look at the traditional disciplines of Lent that uh, the Catholic Church teaches, um, this prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And all of these practices are to help you have a close relationship to God. Now, prayer is sort of the classic one. I mean, it's your communication between you and God and praising God and then sitting back and listening to what God has to say to you. Um, and there's a whole bunch of different ways of prayer. There's, I don't know, there's hundreds of them that different people have come. And all of them have the same goal of getting you closer to God. I mean, that's our ultimate goal is to be with God forever. So that's where prayer, I think, is uh, its an important part, and it's a really easy part of your life to uh, not pay attention to. I mean, more than once I have heard from clergy on down that I just don't have the time to pray anymore. And one of the things I was actually sort of uh, semi-looking forward to via retirement was actually having more time to to devote to prayer and also to reading. And I got to admit that neither of those have really increased. So, I mean, it's just, so a part of it is probably a discipline that you have to do. And um, even though we've been trained to that, it's also something you have to continuously do. It's not something you can just say, oh yeah, I did that once. It's not a big deal. It takes lots of practice. And the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. Like with you, most things. You know, Dave, you brought up a great point about not having time to pray, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to move on from that yet because it is, it's we've all go through that, and and of course when when we were learning the, the bravery, it's like oh this takes forever, but you know what to take ten minutes, fifteen minutes, if you know. twelve minutes. So <laughs> I speed read, but the uh, you know, and you think about it, it's like. Really, I don't have 12 minutes, and I can't take 12 minutes aside from what I'm doing. It, it's, it's, you talk about the discipline of doing it, but it, it's almost making it a priority. You know, it's it, the, the whole idea of praying is so that we bring Christ into our life and th- and live about it, right? You know, but and you don't have to, it's like the rosary. The rosary takes 15 minutes. It's not. But, that's but there's another dimension to the liturgy of the hours. If you're referring to that. The other dimension is the the ordained ministry. It's praying for the people. And, and I, you know, I'm studying my scripture now. And going back to the time of the, Le, the Levite priests, they are supposed to intercede for the people. And the liturgy of the hours, which is prayed several times in the day for the deacons, it has to be in the morning and the evening. Maybe for the other orders, they do it five times a day. Seven. It, it, it's, it's the ordained ministry interceding Okay, for the church, and so I find I find those prayers meaningful. They're repetitive. They're the psalms, okay. uh, but but w- when I look at it from that perspective that, that I'm leading and I'm interceding for the church, it makes it a little bit more more meaningful. Which is a a, a kind of a side fact of the conversation of saying, I don't have time. I mean, I'm, yes, there's two things. It's doing it and making it meaningful, but. You know, a lot of people who, who talk about prayer and say, okay, maybe you don't have time to do 
all the different hours, say one of them. You know, start somewhere or start with the Angelus or say a Hail Mary when you get up in the morning. We have time to pray. We may not have time to pray like, like you know, I'm not, I don't live in a monastery. I don't have that life. I don't have that freedom. But still, I have time in my life. If, if Jesus is a priority in my life, I have time to talk to him, right? And, and so if I don't have time to pray, it's really saying, I don't have time for God in my life. And that's a, I, something that I think huh. you need to sit down and discern a bit. But I would, one of the things that I think would go with that is, is the question is, is it apathy? It's just that you've grown to that. I mean, it's, you, you have not displaced yourself from God saying that I don't want to, I disavow you. I don't want you in my life. It's just that, that apathy of like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. But the other, the, um, and you keep putting it off. And that's, I think, the, one of the big issues for most of the people that I have uh, dealt with. And probably myself, too. The, what, what, what I see is that people look at prayer, this kind of prayer, maybe the Divine Mercy or the Liturgy of the Hours, as one person praying. But I, I got this insight from a lady. She said, every time I pray the Divine Mercy at 3 p.m., I know I'm praying it with a lot of other people. I'm not alone. I'm in communion with whoever is praying at that point in time. I always think somebody's doing morning prayer somewhere when, when I'm running a little bit late. But, you know, I think Father Mike Schmitz had, had a, a wonderful line in the Catechism of the Year last year. He said, you know, our, our catechists and our religious ed people and our parents, they taught us how to say prayers. Many of us did not learn how to pray. And I, could, I, I put myself in that bucket. I learned how to say the prayers. I didn't learn discernment prayer or prayer as a conversation or the need for prayer all those aspects of it but you know i always said a pretty mean our father but (laughs) but um i I think that's important that you know we know how to have that rote prayer but we don't really know to have that conversation with god and so because prayer has to be more than just reciting words it's it's actually our surrender it's surrendering ourselves back to god or as ignatius would say i'm giving my all back to god because I know he's going to run it better than Greg does, but it's it's a it's not just saying it's not an incantation, right? You know, I'm saying a magic formula. Therefore, I'm going to have a good next two hours. It's it's a more about a relationship. Or as, as one of my early spiritual directors told me, "Hey, Greg, prayer is not for God; it's for you." For you. And and you know, it, that's although that's a duh moment. If you think about it, it's like oh. No, I, I kind of thought God was sitting in a lazy boy chair uh, waiting for Greg to say his prayers and marking off the list and things like that. And and it's the whole mindset. And I think most of us, maybe we don't have time for prayer because our whole mindset about prayer is wrong. Yes. You know? Yes. And, and, that makes sense. And I think that's perhaps why Lent is a time where it's not about, you know, discipline. It's changing the mindset. It's mm-hmm. making God pro- a priority in our, no, the priority in our lives again. It's maybe turning the control of the universe back to God and making us, you know, the created instead of thinking that we are a co-creator. And I think that's where if we can get ourselves to do that, then Lent will be a lot different for us. Maybe I'm uh, um, blessed because I saw my mother pray especially in the month of May, she'd take, we'd, we'd go to church, and she would pray the three, you know, the three mysteries of the rosary, and 
she'd allow me to play to play in the playground after one decade. But I saw her pray, and there are times when she was crying, literally crying. There are times she was happy, and it made and I, I nobody taught told me anything, but I realized that oh, that's how you pray. You talk to God. You tell Him what your feelings are, what your problems are, and whatever help you need. And that left an impression in me. So when I got into catechism and they're teaching me how to pray, I knew what prayer was for. And I, I thought it was a very good gift from my mom. Yeah, I think if we're lucky, we all have those stories. I saw my grandfather pray the rosary. I didn't know men did that. But, <laughs> but um, we're coming up here on our break here on, on WSFI, the Deacons Roundtable here on 88.5 FM, 107.50 on the AM dial. Uh, please join us after this. Taste and see the Lord is good. Drink from the cup of his forgiveness. Never mind where you have been before. Everyone is welcome. Open is his door. Hi, my name is Susie Sheriff. I'm a cantor here at WSFI 88.5 FM. We glorify our God with songs, hymns, and psalms. Our Catholic radio channel gives you and your friends and family the opportunity to enjoy the WSFI Catholic radio program. I am asking you to support WSFI 88.5 FM with your donations to help spread the teachings of Jesus Christ. Please be generous and go on the WSFI Catholic Radio.org website. Don't forget, when you help the Catholic Radio with your donations, you help millions of people to hear the words of God, His good news, and you also help yourself, your family, and your friends. I thank you, and God thanks you. We are back on WSFI and AM 750. I have to keep saying AM 750, AM 750, FM 88.5, and uh, WSFIRadio.org and all the wonderful places to uh, see us. We're talking in 2024 here, and uh, we're getting close to Lent early this year, which means Easter's early this year and all that that wonderful time. But, you know, we, we're talking about prayer and making prayer a priority in our lives, but more about a surrender in our lives. So Deacon Dave, how do I surrender how do I get myself to surrender to God? That's a great question. Um the easiest way for most people, it's not gonna sound easy, but it is, is when they hit bottom and they realize that it's not they're not the power that they thought they were, and you have to turn yourself over to God. And with that, what I'm thinking of is people that uh, belong to AA or NA or some other places where there's addictions. I was thinking they Bears learned, fans, but I understand your point as well. But, but I mean, that's when they do that. Where I think it's tougher is when you have a person that's semi-accomplished in whatever 
use that definition, whatever you want, when they think they control the world and what happens to it and realize they, they don't. Like how many times have people um, had a family member in a bad car accident, especially a child? I mean, you know, at, at that point they realize it's beyond them and the only chance that they see themselves as being on their knees and praying that the surgeons do well. But I think you know, that's an God easy time. Their hands. But they, that, that's an easy time to pray when, when, when things oh, are going no, bad is, or, that's or, or you point. get cancer. I mean, really the challenge is when things are go- not are going good or just my average, you know. Average day. So yeah. that was the, I mean, like, you have to realize that there has to be a complete change in mindset of that you don't control the world that God does. And you have to accept whatever takes place within that. I mean, like, I mean, Mother Teresa was probably uh, one great example of that. In her journal, she was writing that, you know, I'm losing it. I, I, I don't know about this relationship with God. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm really struggling. But she kept doing things and said, it's God's will. It's not my will. You know, so it's, that's the point. It's like this surrender of saying that, it's beyond my control, whatever it is, that even though I think I control everything in my life, I'm clueless. And having that revelation is probably the easiest way to then build up your relationships in that there's something greater than me, and I have to be part of that. And, and we know you're clueless, but we love you anyway, Deacon Dave. But, the <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Mike, the... Uh... You know, maybe that's the way we should look at Lent, is that I'm I'm doing these things at Lent to teach me to surrender. Not because, well, I've been giving up chocolate for 30, I need to drop 20 pounds, let's give up chocolate for, for so many days. Yeah, you or, do, you do. That's, or that's I, true. you know, can't eat, can't eat meat on Thursdays, Wednesdays, whatever it is, or Exodus 20, I'm going to beat the hell out of myself for 90 days. Maybe, it, you know... Instead of taking that attitude of, of you know, I'm you know taking a beating for Christ, the mindset should be, I'm trying to break a bad habit. My bad habit is thinking about me instead of God. My bad habit is putting me first in the universe. My bad habit is me, 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 me. And of course, you know, psychologists tell you it takes 30 days to break a bad habit. So you know, since they know that we have a lot of bad habits, you know, the church gives us 40 days. But uh, I don't think a lot of us really enter the Lenten season thinking about that. They think about what we have to do because that's how we were raised, right? You know, well, you got to give up something for Lent. It's like, but we don't emphasize the why. And we started to emphasize the why as we've gotten older. But I don't think we've really addressed the fact that it's ingrained to us that, oh, you know, it's Lent, got to give up chocolate, got to give up popcorn, got to give up Diet Coke, got to give up something, which I think we do because we need to— we have it so good, we need to put a little bit of something so that when we have a pang, we think of Christ. I mean, that that's what I think about it. But but uh, is that the mindset we should have, Mike? Or what's what's the mindset going into Lent that makes but, it a prayer for time instead of just a uh, time to beat on ourselves? Uh, a couple of things. I, I like this thing about beating ourselves on whatever it is, because we need we need we need to develop that pain. I, I really believe. If I want to progress in my spiritual life, there there is going to be a certain amount of pain. There is so, certain to be a, a certain amount of energy I have to put into it. It's not just well, yeah, I'll do that. No, th- there has and, to. And be how are you going to sell that to a millennial, Mike? Uh, 
they do it every day when they go to the gym. It's the same thing. You go to the gym a little bit more, a little bit more energy, a little bit more. But pain as a gym. church, we have not sold that to young people, Mike. So how are we going to put it in a message that they want to hear instead of the message that we heard as kids and it didn't do that great you, with us? You can use exactly the same example they use in all these all these people who want improvement in their bodies. Do the same thing, okay? It's not any different. You want to run 21 miles, you start running three times a, a week, but so the, many miles. The, the average American's the same, not in the gym, Mike. The They're same. in the bar. <laughs> Even in the bar, so. you start avoiding bars. You're there five five days in a week, you go two. But you know what, Mike? Okay. You haven't so convinced a millennial. You, I'm not convincing the millennial. You're I'm not, not convincing, convincing the millennial. Anyone. I mean, we, we haven't it. We have a pro, we have a church problem. We we have we have we have a, a missing missing age group in our church right now, and and we need to to but address is, that. This, so how are we going to address Lent exactly for them? That's exactly what we're addressing. That that the old ways of okay, when you have to redirect your passion is important. We have lost that. We have given so much to being feeling good. Uh, Establishing better self-esteem. Yeah, those are good. But when you talk about your spiritual journey, there, there is the cross that goes with it. And that is the message I want to hear. I don't want to hear the bull crap about, about suffering and everything else that's theological stuff from the Middle Ages that, and that's not working on our millennials. We need to talk like you're saying right now. We need to change the message. We need to Miles Brig our church and start talking to the way that the message that people want to hear it. Because, you know, they're doing a heck of a wonderful job out in society of, of, of saying what we're, things are wrong. But because we're not—the message is still right, but we still have to say it. I mean, that's, isn't that the gift of Pope Francis? He's saying it in a way that other people are hearing it more than, they, than, than perhaps they did historically. Dave, you want to jump in on that? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I very much agree with you. I mean, one of the things that uh, I was going to bring up is part of the conversation we just had is like things to give up. One of the things that I was taught many years ago was it's good to give things up, but don't give up something if it's going to make you miserable to be around. Because the whole point is developing this relationship with God. And when you do that, at the same time, you're developing relationships with all these other people who are also trying to build a relationship with God. So it's it's almost like a triangle-type relationship. And so if you're going to try and build your relationship with God by you know being miserable about something, you're missing one part of the triangle, which is all these other people who are the living tabernacles too. And so your job as a Christian is trying to widen that triangle and make it more brilliant for other people to see. And I, I like that point because I remind our people in RCIA all the time that if our faith is not bringing us joy, we're doing something wrong. Christ has won a spectacular victory that he's sharing with us. Amen, alleluia, right? And And... So even in, as I think what Mike was alluding to, is that there should be joyfulness in this hardship that we might be inducing because we are inducing a relationship with God. I think the problem is, is that we stuck on, we've got been stuck on the hardship. You know, where we start the, yeah, Jesus forgive you, but they forget that 
go and sin no more. We forget the second part of it. We're doing a hardship so that we have a relationship with the Almighty God who created us and loves us more than we can even imagine. So we, we, we forget that part. I think that's the, that's the challenge. I don't think we sell that to the millennials. We can sell the, 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 the challenges and the challenge. You know, they love the challenge and things like that. But, but it's about the relationship, about a God who loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Embrace it. And, and, and so what we're doing is to get us aware of that and get off, turn off the cell phone, turn off the noise, turn off the Netflix, turn off the, and turn on God. Because it's so, so, it's so much better. One of the things that I think your point is right on. One of the things I saw in the newspaper today was um, that for the first time, uh, via religious surveys, nuns are the, the biggest religion versus following a, a practice. So when they're asking people, you know, what religion you follow, they just say none. And that's a big issue of uh, trying to break that, getting someone to say that, you know, did you ever stop and think there may be something greater? Um, and that's, again, I guess your point of focusing on the other versus yourself. And that's one of the parts that when you get closer to God, you tend to focus on the other as well. And that's one of the great gifts of prayer, of being focusing on all these other living tabernacles around you. And of course, if we were living our prayer, as, as Mike was talking about his mother doing, that's mm -hmm. a wonderful preaching of the gospel, right? Yes. And, and, and maybe that's another aspect of that we forgot, you know, that, that, that we need to say is that, you know, we're all being baptized made us priest, prophet, and king and gave us the mission to preach the gospel. So our lives should be preaching the gospel, not just not just the clerics, not just the, the staff at WSFI, not at all. Everyone should be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and you know, even even if we had the awareness once a day, say, you know, have I done anything today to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, or have I only preached the gospel of Greg? But, you know, even that is a, is a wonderful awareness. I, I think that the key is that, you know, we, we need to focus on where our awareness is. I mean, cl classic Weight Watchers, write down what you're eating so you can see, you know, what are you doing really? It's like, maybe we should write down, you know, what have I done for God today? What didn't I? I mean, that's a great example of the examine prayer. Examine, yeah. Yeah, is, is, you know, examine your day. You know, even at, even at night prayer, you're supposed to start start with an examination of conscience. You know, you just don't jump into the prayer. You think about, well, you know, <laughs> what kind of jerk was Greg today? And, of course, you know, that's a long list for, for me to go before I go to sleep. So I have to start night prayer by 11 o'clock in the afternoon. But <laughs> but it's still, it, it, it's taking that time. And, and it's, it's such a lousy excuse to say, I don't have time. Cause, you know, well, it's the awareness also of doing that. Right. The awareness you're saying that, you know, I screwed up again today. I didn't mean to. I did it again. But, you know, if, if our clerics, and that includes deacons and stuff, if, if they say they don't have time, come on. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, we all do. I mean, if, if it's a priority in our life, we have time. Maybe we don't have time to say, 
you know, a nine-day novena today in the vote, but we have time to pray. We have time to stop and make God a priority in our life for part of those 24 hours. Yes, the kids need to be, have diapers. Yes, the kids need to eat. Yes, we need to be the walk. And yes, and yes, the the, the dishes are dirty. And yes, the, the, the boss is calling. And yes, everything is due. But that's all noise, right? That's all noise. You know, there's a what was going around the internet the other day that that if you're not going to worry about it in five if you don't if it's not going to affect you in the next five years five years from now don't spend five minutes worrying about it is 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 the that way something like that the, mm-hmm. the the plan of five but we but we we let those aspects take over our lives but in the grand scheme of things you know are they going to you know is is your is your uh, your tombstone going to say Mike Never left a dirty dish on a sink. <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know, where where's what's our priority? What's our return on investment? Why are we here? And if it's you know, and, and I certainly see this at, at work because I was one of those guys at thirty that was putting in. A, I was a great dad, so I put in a lot of hours. You know, and it's like, well, a lot of hours for a great dad is spending them with your family and t- and helping your wife out, do, do, you know, and things like that. And, you know, we, 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 we fool ourselves. And, and Lent needs to be a time where we're, we sit back and say, I need to stop fooling myself. Where are my priorities here? And, and you know what? We don't just say that on Sunday. We have to say it on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday because, you know, we may stop thinking about it. And there's an evil guy down that's uh, tapping us on the shoulder and whispering in the ears saying, hey, you know, football game's on. <laughs> or whatever whatever that, that takes us away. So, uh, yeah, I agree with those. It, it's really very important that the focus is on being with God, not just doing stuff, not just abstaining from. You abstain from something so you can be with. So you spend the time more effectively so you can have more time with Jesus. So you are being with a person. And I think of that gets to be the perspective uh, during, especially during Lent, then we spend more time with him in many ways, in many different ways, whether it's reading scripture or, or abstaining from something, but you, you go after being with a person, uh, beginning to discover who this person is in, your, in our lives. So, so I have to admit, on my, on my 60th time around the planet, I don't see how giving up soda is going to make me closer to Jesus. Yeah, it could. How? I, I would say it you're could. correct. If, it if, won't. If, you, if you think, f- if you, you take five gallons of soda in a day. Well, I actually do, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, 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 it tells you a certain amount about yourself. Well, I, 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 I don't I believe 80-20 rule. 80-20 rule, I don't believe people who give something up end up say, taking that what they've given up and, and say, can, oh, my can, relationship can, with Jesus is getting closer. I don't I, think, I, I think we've done such a good job saying, ain't going to give it up, we stop there. Could, could we redirect that to something else in the direction of being with Jesus, okay? Uh, we, we stopped there. The catechism, the, the, the catechetical instructions stopped that, you know, don't eat chocolates. But there's more to it, okay? There's a step beyond, beyond it, which you were saying earlier. Okay, you avoid stuff for something else. Okay. Right. I, I think I think that's the message we need to do. Is you know, but we've gotten so caught up in this. I what are you, what are you giving up for Lent? That's that's a common question. You know, we used to ask, oh, "What are you giving up for Lent?" It's like, well, why are you giving that up? You know, is it well to lose twenty pounds? Well, is that a spiritual aspect? I mean, certainly it's great to lose twenty pounds, but you know, go do that in June. <laughs> it's not coming. You know, resurrection of Jesus 
period for that. It, it, it's a, it, it's going up. But uh, Angela's at the boards this day, and she's running a tight ship. We're, we hope Molly comes back soon, where she lets us get away with a lot more. But we're here on WSFI 88.5 on your FM dial, AM 750, WSFIRadio.org. Please continue to listen, call in, and support Catholic Radio. We'll be back shortly. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. My name is Father Dominic Pelusi. I'm a member of the Priests of the Sacred Heart. I have been ordained for 41 years. St. Paul tells us, how shall they call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe unless they have heard of him? And how can they hear unless there is someone to preach? We have the opportunity for Catholic Radio to do exactly that, to bring the Word of God into our houses, but more importantly, into our hearts. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. We are back in the Deacon's Round Table talking about Lent and listening to uh, Jim Papadrea's song in the background. So, you know, guys, I, I went into the uh, to the Internet, and I was curious about, you know, th- things, good things to use up for Lent. And there's so many lists out there. And one of the things that caught my eye was a... a uh, a group called Held by His Pierced Hands, or I, don't, I forget, the, PiercedHands.com. But they said 100 things to do for Lent. And when I was started looking at them, I didn't think really anything was prayerful and led us to Jesus until I got to the 57th item. Because, like I said, yeah, it's good that you give up gossip. It's good that you give up soda. It's good that you give up all, all those wonderful things. Yes, but unless it leads us to Christ, it's not you know an activity. And of course, you could argue that uh, giving up anger could help you do that. But but uh, it wasn't until fifty seven that I saw that uh, go to mass, a daily mass. You know, if we did it. How about a chapter of a Bible a day? How about ten minutes of meditation a day, but not yoga. Not something no, new not age, yoga. Not yoga. something in meditation in a Christian relationship to Christ, such as the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Um, 
why not join the Bible study at your parish? 20 minutes of spiritual reading a day. The rosary, a decade or the whole rosary. I, you know, why not? If, if you're so rushed, why not just do a decade? But, you know, we have times to, you know, turn off the radio in your car for 40 days and pr- and either turn on Catholic radio or say a prayer yes. or say <laughs> something like that. Turn off Howard Stern for 40 days. That's better. Sounds better. Um, Go to your church mission if you have one. Stop by an adoration chapel. chapel. Pray instead of listening to music when you drive. Describe to some solid Catholic blogs. There's some good ones out there. The literature, Liturgy of the Hours. Have you guys ever heard, heard of that before? Yes. Um, now, here's one I, I, I think I might challenge a little bit, Dave. Wear a crucifix. Is that a Lent? Do you, do you, do you see that as a Lenten activity? Yes. yes and no. Um, I, I I have a Celtic cross that's underneath my shirts, and it's hidden from the world. I also know people that wear, for lack of better words, pectoral crosses, and they're not bishops. So I always wonder when I see that, okay, is that for you or is that for the world to see? Well, I, I'm, certainly, relationship, I, I'm certainly not saying don't wear the cross. If the relationship is for you to get closer to God, I would say the hidden one is a way to do that but you have yeah. to be mindful of it yeah i mean i'm, I'm certainly all for wearing the, wearing the crucifix or wearing the cross and mike just showed me his his very nice benedictine cross that he has across the table here but you know wearing the crucifix that's wonderful yes by all means but is that a lent in thing to do unless, if, it, I don't if you're doing it to change your relationship with god i would say yes well it could be embarrassing wearing a cross okay for some people so if you wear it at lent you are saying something they're sending out a message. So it may be good well, in that sense. You know, we're, we're at a place yeah. in our workplace where some people would like you to take that off. Will, will, you, take, mm. will you take off your cross in the workplace? And, and yeah, of course, it's pretty easy for the three of us to say, no, we wouldn't. But, uh, for, and so that's a little bit different. Um, Stations of the Cross, but that's every Friday. At the, you should do that, but that's mm. not a Lenten thing. Come on, once a week, big deal. Get up <laughs> early to pray. Now, that is a Lenten thing for someone like me who likes to sleep in. And, and, and number 74 on the list is, is something I think is a prayer that people could do when they say they're too busy. It's list five things you're grateful for every day. That's good. Yep. I like that. That's really good. Yeah, you got five things right now, Mike? Yes. Let's I thank em. God for you, for Dave, for Angela, and for WSFI Radio. Even bad prayers are good prayers. Right? <laughs> 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 you know, and, and here's one that, that Dave, I think, will like in his Jesuit view of the world, but I think is a little bit lacking, is go to an art museum or a botanical garden You're once a week. You're almost done. Click the blue Get button, then click Add Extension to continue. <laughs> Sorry. Are we on the air, Ann? I think we just uh, hit the limit on Zoom. No, that was my mistake. I was trying to figure out the WNDZ hours of operation, and they okay. wanted me to add something. So I'll edit that out. I apologize. That's why we're not live. Not we'll a problem. Okay. Okay. So, Dave, here's something on number 78 on a list that, that I think is a nice thing to do. I think it's a wonderful thing to do. I don't think it's really liturgical. I think it's New Age. It's, it's go to your art museum or botanical garden once a week and rejoice in the beauty. Ooh. I think it's a wonderful thing to do. And yes, all beauty is God's creation, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't see that as a Lent thing to do. I know Dave, Dave I is going to challenge me on that. I would, I would put a, 
depending on what art you're looking at. For example, if you're looking at, um, you know, depictions of uh, religious scenes, and say, like, for example, like Stephen, and looking at the stoning, and saying, would I be able to do what he did? Give me the strength to deal with this. So, so that I would certainly be on board with, but just going to an art museum or that is not really, unless you do that, it's not yeah, like said, number that, eight of you that says pick a virtue to strive for each day. A what? Pick a? A virtue. Oh, virtue. Okay. So yeah, donate to WSFI <laughs> during Lent. That's always a, a good uh, That's thing always to do good. for alms. That's always and, good. Uh, um, but you know, so so you know, we can get those lists. But you know, those lists are kind of suspect. We can come up with lists because. But you know, I think I think what the deacons here at the deacons roundtable are saying, you know, let let's walk away from the I just gave up something because that's what I've been doing for thirty years. If you if you have something, you give up something because there's a, a religious personalness about it. If there's a reason you can say that's and this is going to draw me closer to Jesus. That's fine. I don't think dro- dropping 20, 20 pounds is going to bring you closer to Jesus. Now, dropping 320 pounds for most people will bring you closer to Jesus as you're buried six <laughs> feet under it for, for doing it. But uh, um, So they busted Halo guys on, on, on uh, the non-EWTN uh, Sirius radio station. Uh, have 25 great things you can do for Lent. So this is a little bit different. How about make a commitment to read scriptures before the Sunday Mass? And not just on weeks that you're preaching, Mike. <laughs> uh, do, 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 So that one's specific to the radio show. Try a new spiritual practice. I like that one. So if you're a rosary guy, do something different. Don't you do something? Get out of get out of the routine, right? For for doing yep. something like that. So if you had to do something new in, as a spiritual practice, Dave, what would you do? That's a great question. I'm not sure. Um, there's one thing that I always start every year and never finish. Um, one of the things that I have is a Bible a year, which is each day it picks a few different readings and you continue verses starting at Genesis. It goes from like um, a reading of the Old Testament, there may be a psalm in there, something from Deuteronomy and uh, one of the Gospels. And I usually get through probably half the book and never finish it and i said a lot of that is uh actually having the discipline to uh to to just to make that commitment to say yes i am going to do this this year no matter what and so uh i'd say that's the sort of stuff where um the spirituality would be the discipline to follow through and all the things that you intend to do to enhance your relationship you know, one of the things that uh, I don't know—I got the idea somewhere on that uh, that go to mass every all all eight days of the octave of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you know, in in this twenty twenty four world we're living in, yes, there are some days when I can't get over to Bennett Lake at five o'clock or my parish at at eight thirty in the morning. But you know, we have. How many how many masses are on the radio here at WSFI or an EWTN during the day? Or how many masses can we watch on the internet at any time of the day? Catholic TV, yep. you know, Catholic TV. Um, so I think one of the cool things is you know maybe it is attend make make a commitment to go to mass every day. Maybe not physically, 
But spiritually, through the Internet, listen to the Mass, watch it on TV, watch it on the computer. Certainly that's not the same as attending Mass, but it is a devotion, and it does uh, uh, put us in the presence. If it's bringing you closer to God. That, that, yeah. that, that devotion is the very concept of the Simbanga B for Christmas, nine days before Christmas, nine Masses <laughs> before Christmas. Okay, And it, it's a way of preparing for Christmas. Right. Okay. But I think the, the emphasis I'm saying, Mike, is that you, even if you can't physically get to church every day, which, you know, a lot of people working a lot of hours can't physically get there, but sure. they can they sure. can turn it on their TV. They can put, listen to it on the phone as they drive home. They can listen to it on the radio. So why not make a, a 40-day commitment to sure. be involved in the Mass? I think that's kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah. I think that would be kind of challenging to do as well. An octave would be great. Okay. Also... Uh, I don't know if, uh, and maybe we, we need to check again, the Septuagesima Sundays, okay, which means the 70th, 60th, 50th Sunday before the 40 days of, uh, of Lent, that we already begin preparing for Lent uh, would be a good practice too. You don't have to wait for February 14, but way before February 14, you already have some devotions preparing yourself and saying, how do I get ready? for Lent. And, and for people, you know, it's always people want to do, do the extra credit work for going that, but you know, mm -hmm. we're talking baby steps. We're saying, what can I do to change a little bit today to draw me closer to Christ? So, And, and certainly, um, Book of Daily Reflections. There's some wonderful Catholic daily reflections that you can read every day that would the, spiritualize the moment for a while. The other perspective I have, I have there is it's not so much you're doing and changing yourself. It's more doing yourself and allowing God to change you in the process. Because sometimes we think if I do this abstention or penance or whatever, I will automatically change. No. We're still dependent on the mercy of God. Okay? I got a hard one for you, Mike. Go ahead. How about tell someone every day that Jesus loves them? Somebody different every day that Jesus loves them. Every day. Can I have you for 40 days? For, 40, 40 <laughs> straight. Yeah, amen. <laughs> but I'm just saying, could, do, would, but, you know, that, that takes us out, you yeah. know, that's good taking one. us out of our comfort zone, but is that not preaching the gospel? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And, you know, it's not standing on the corner and throwing a Bible into somebody's head as they walk by. It's just saying, hey, Jesus loves you, you know. You and I remember, you know, in, in, in 10 years ago in Formation that we talked about preaching at work. It's like, well, you know, you're really not going to do that at work because there's, you know, an element of keeping your job that is, you know, a, <laughs> an important aspect of our lives, right? So we're not saying that, but is, is, there, is there a way? Or maybe we could say, that is there a way that we can preach the gospel to someone, a different person, 40 times a day. I mean, there's a lot of things, and I know my, my brother's into this and saying that, that I may call 40 people a day, call your mother, but I'm going to call 40 people I haven't talked to in and day. That's a good thing to do, period, mm -hmm. but yeah. is that going to draw us to Christ? Unless I'm going to say I'm doing this because I want to reach out in community as Christ would do, but, you know, we, have to, we can't just say I'm going to call 40 people a day. Who cares? I mean, that's, salesmen do it anyway, but unless we have an element of for Christ, I don't think it's something we should be doing. Well, the intention is there. The fact that you're doing it, you're getting out of your comfort zone, is a very good sign. Okay? But Yes, but is that getting me closer to Christ? 
the fact that you get out of your comfort zone for Christ is getting you closer to Christ. No, but that's different. I said if you're just calling up 40 people or and oh, talking well. to them and saying, hey, let's talk about the Bears and who's going to be their defensive coordinator next year, I don't think that's – I think it's a valid conversation, an important that's, conversation here in Chicago, but I don't think that's going to draw us closer to Christ. Yeah, but, it, well, it depends on the situation. I, I see what you're saying, but, yes, it has to be for Christ that you do well, so, Or the other side of that, calling up the person and saying – you know, I was thinking of you, and how are you doing? How are things, I mean, instead of the focus go. on you, the focus is then on the other person. Yes. The focus could be on being Christ in that call, I guess we yeah. would say. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, so I agree with you. Um, something that we need to get better at is pray for somebody. And I, 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 I'm always impressed uh, with some of the, the, the groups that I'm with when they, when, when they t- go around the table and they say, you know, you know, who should we pray for? I, you know, there's several people who have who take out a piece of paper and write it down, and then and they they write for people. I also remember Father Jim Nicky. We used to uh, at St. Raphael at the eighth, in the daily mass would say uh, at the end of the prayer, and for all the people who I who I said I would pray for, here Lord, hear our prayer. You know, it's like yeah, it's a great thing, but it's you know, it's it's one of those things that is. I don't know. What do you think about that, Dave? Is that, is that really the intent of praying for someone when I just say, hey, yeah, God, everyone I'm supposed to pray for, yeah. here, here's the check the box well, here. No, no, you're right. But you know, it's a, um, maybe a little bit more humble way to say it is that all the people who asked me to pray for and who I didn't do it immediately, God, please keep them under your care as they walk their journey. I mean, you know, So you're being a lot more humble saying that, you know, again, but one of the other things I was taught also, when someone asks you to pray for them or pray for something, why don't you just stop what you're doing right there for 30 seconds and say a prayer with them? You know who's very good at that? Deacon Bill. Yes. Remember Deacon Bill? Yes. You ask him for prayers and pray right then and there. Right. And that was that's it, neat, really it, neat. That, Maybe, maybe that's, that's the correctly. element of going up and saying, be, being the gospel for someone each for 40 yeah. days, is say, walking up to someone and say, is there something I can pray with you about? And then saying that prayer. Maybe that's a better way of doing it. Yep. And I've been asked by people sometimes, let's pray together, Father. Could you pray for me? And then they say, Father, I'm a deacon. Okay, let's do it together. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the other Which things that you're talking too, about... What's it, Dave? So one of the things you were talking about being able to uh, have, you know, saying that you know Jesus loves you, or saying that to someone up north, I would never do that whatsoever. I'd be caught dead before I do that. Down here, the culture is very different, and so you go in the store. Um, is it you know, may God bless you, now, you know, or you know, bless your heart. I mean, it's just. But that bless your heart there can be two different things. But we'll leave that alone. Um, but, I mean, people are much more open um, with their sayings and sharing their faith. Well, I, I think it's a good one to say, you know, at least say to 40 different people a day. You know, I mean, we, well, we see a, stra- a stranger every day for the most part, you know, or your dog. You know, say, hey, you know, God bless you, or I'm praying for you, or God loves you, or something. I mean, uh, just in a in a inviting, 
invitational way, right, for what we're doing. So we're coming up here on the end of the Deacon's Round here table here on WSFI. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for remembering WSFI in your in your prayers and in and in your in your checkbook to keep us going here on Catholic Radio. But remember, Lent is not about giving up something. It's about bringing us closer to Christ, especially as we come to the time of the year when he gave up everything for us, when he hung upon the cross for us, when he forgave us from the cross and said, Father, forgive them for what they, they know not what they do. We're part of that, and we rejoice in that, and we praise God for that. And for Lent is when we're calling about to make that something that we do 24-7. So, Mike, in our few, in a few remaining moments, do you have a prayer to end us with? Yes, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, help us uh, remember that this is the period of Lent. And if that's all we need to do this period of Lent, to remember this is a special time for you, we should be okay. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen.